I heard the sound of the hammer upon the nail. I saw the pain in his eyes as from grace he fell. I saw Mary as she knelt and watched As his crimson blood of life began to fall. And when he died, he gave more than love for me. Yes, he did more than simply set the captive was rolled away inside the tomb it was empty where he had laid I saw the scriptures being fulfilled just like he said on the third day he
Sometimes my load gets heavy with the things I carry. This world puts upon my back. But all I have to do is sing where I'm headed to. And I find no reason to turn back. When you look for me, look around the throne. I'll be singing with the angel band. Singing glory to his name And forever I've been changed So look for me around the throne Oh, half has not been told All the sights I shall behold When I get to my new home But the one I long to see Is the one who set me free So look for me around the throne it's on this road to glory, I'm telling my new story. I can feel his hands in mine. He is leading me along to my brand new home for my jubilation time. When you look for me, look around the throne. I'll be singing with the angel Singing glory to his name And forever I've been changed So look for me around the throne It's on this road to glory I'm telling my new story I can feel his hands in mine He is leading me along To my brand new home For my jubilation time when you look for me, look around the throne. I'll be singing with the angel band. Singing glory to his name. And forever I've been changed. So look for me around the throne. When you look for me, look around the throne. I'll be singing with the angel band. Singing glory to his name And forever I've been changed So look for me around the throne Singing glory to his name And forever I've been changed Never I've been changed So look for me around everything and I'm happy now to say there's nothing like religion in a good old-fashioned way talking in the old-time way and I want the world to know I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know there's nothing like an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show Walking on the grand old highway, I'll tell them everywhere I go. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Yes, I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing.
nothing like an old time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking on the grand old highway, I'm telling everywhere I go. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. There are many things I'd like to be as my journey I pursue. I long to be a leader like a mortal man would do. I long to be a millionaire with a million to bestow. I'd rather be an old-time Christian more than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, I'm telling everywhere I go. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I got right, I'll sing and pray and shout. It's religion God brought me out. I'll tell the world both far and near the journey I pursue. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, and I'm telling everywhere I go, that I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. That I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Oh 
that gives me strength from day to day it will never 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 lose its mighty power Oh, 
is with me when the storm howls. Yes, he's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the wind blows. Jesus is with me when the storm comes. Oh, yes, he's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the winds of this world are growing strong. Now Satan is always sneaking round the gate trying to lead us sheep astray. Oh, but he that is in us is so much greater than him. So rebuke him and chase him away. Oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are blowing strong. Now Jesus is a fence around his children. Oh, his grace is sufficient to stand the storm. His word is a promise you can stand on. When the winds of this world are blowing strong. Jesus is with me when the storm howls. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are blowing strong. Oh, I said Jesus is with me when the storm howls. He's standing by my side. Jesus is with me when the storm comes. Oh, yes, he's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are blowing strong, oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are blowing strong. Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are growing strong, He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When the winds of this world are growing
Jesus says, you'll be witnesses unto me. You know what that means? I don't have a clue. But what I think, <laughs> what I think it means is we'll be witnesses unto each other. There's no greater witness to me than when I see my brothers and sisters serving someone else. It's greater than leading someone to the Lord. It's greater than a great message. It's greater than a great song. When I see my brothers and sisters serving. And church, you'd be real proud of your brothers and sisters as you watch them serve. Sit back and watch them. Let me retract that. Join them. Because your problems will slowly disappear because that's the way God set it up. When your focus is off for yourself and on others, your problems will slowly disappear. And I thank God for that. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I am so grateful to be amongst this great body of believers. And Lord, I just ask you to touch them. And Lord, I just ask you to touch Ronnie right now. As Connie prays for him, Lord, I just lift him up. And we're asking for an incredible healing. Lord, we would look at it as a miracle. But Lord, it's no miracle to you. All you do is speak it. So Lord, we're a body of believers that you have given us the measure of faith to believe in his healing. And Lord, we lift him up and we lift up little Haley, Lord. We ask you to touch her, Lord, and heal her. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, for Bill, Lord, that you would touch him right now. And Jesus, I am so grateful. I am so grateful to be saved and amongst this body. And Lord, I ask for a measure of faith, Lord, to reach out and touch those who do not know you. And Lord, especially to tell the ones in our own precious family that we love them. And Lord, we want to be witnesses unto them in our own. We're so eager to reach out our body and our families. But Lord, we forget the ones that are lives in our own household. So Lord, I thank you for the reassurance that we will be witnesses unto you. Witnesses unto our own people. And Lord, you would give us the measure of faith. Lord, to reach out and to love and forgive. Lord, let us forgive. Because we're never so Christ-like then we can forgive. So we just thank you, Lord, for forgiving our sins and making us clean. And Lord, we just ask for the message this morning, Lord, that you would soften our hearts. And Lord, may our ears be attuned to what Bobby brings us, Lord, because I know him and he has prayed and he eagerly, Lord, seeks your will and your message and not his. And I'm so grateful for a people, a body of believers who is eager to serve, Lord, because that's what pleases you. Thank you, Lord, for making us Christians, followers of you. And may we be more Christ-like. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once I went walking down a long, lonely road. I thought I, I had no one. Who would share my heavy load Then my mind went soaring back To a place I'd never been And I realized that I was standing At the foot of my King There were three lonely crosses on a hillside that day.
And as I looked at my Savior, I cried, Lord, take me away. Oh, there was blood flowing down and thorns pierced his head. But he cried, Father, forgive. And then my Savior was dead. Well, I stood there in silence, thinking, Lord, how can this be? Oh, that your beloved Son he gave his life just for me. Oh, then I heard a sweet voice whisper, Child, lift up your head. For the one that you see hanging there, Well, Jesus, he's not dead. He's alive, he's alive, oh, death could not hold him. He's alive, he's alive, oh, the stone, it was rolled away. Satan thought he'd won the battle when Jesus died on that tree oh but Jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory yes he's alive he's alive no death could not hold him he's alive he's alive oh the stone it was rolled away satan thought he'd won the battle when jesus died on that tree oh but jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory yes jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory. He is alive. Amber's testimony reminded me of this song. In our darkest hour, all we have to do is speak his name.
It's then I speak the name. Oh, I speak his name. It's such a wonderful name. Oh, Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. He made the lame to walk. He made the dumb to talk. Cause the blind to see. Oh, he made a way for me. Oh, when I was down and out in deep despair. Oh, he came and he found me there. Oh, he brought me out. Oh, there is no doubt. No, somebody say his name. Jesus. Oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, when I am all alone. A friend I can depend on his name is Jesus his name is Jesus oh every time I'm down and out oh there's something down deep inside of me that rises up and gives a shout it's Jesus oh he's the lifter of my head oh Jesus there's something about the name of Jesus there's healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Lord, there's something about your name, Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Jesus, oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. Oh, there's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. Oh, there's healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, there
Jesus, oh Jesus, oh there's something about your name, Jesus, oh there's healing in the name of Jesus, oh there's peace in the name of Jesus, oh Jesus, there's something about the name of Jesus, oh there's healing in the name of Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Oh, oh, Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about my Jesus. Oh, there's something about your name, Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. His name is Jesus. message here this morning. Uh, uh, if you want to turn your Bibles, start in uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, starting in the, Paul's talk about bap, baptizing people here. And in the, the 17th verse, he says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, at least the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Then he says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Are you saved this morning? Amen. Amen. See, it says, To the preaching of the cross to them that perish. You know there's churches around this nation right now they are getting rid of their crosses. They say that's that's speaking of failure when you preach the cross. And there's a verse right there that shows that they are wrong. It's preaching, the, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputers of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Look to Washington, D.C., and that'll prove my point right there. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, uh, the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. I love this, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. That's what I'm preaching this morning. Christ crucified. Everything we have this morning, every song, everything that the Christian world has is because Christ was crucified. Everything is flowing from the cross this morning. So any blessing you have, anything you have in Christ, he got it at Calvary. The preaching of the cross. And, and that's what's wrong with this whole world right now. So, but we preach Christ crucified. For, and to the Jews, a stumbling block. 
And that means that things that offend. Remember I was telling you about the churches are getting rid of the cross? They're taking all the blood songs out of the books. Everything now is up on, on the wall. And uh, they got secular music in churches. They're getting rid of Christ. They're, they're Christians. They're getting rid of Christ. Now how much sense does that make? It don't make any sense, does it? Because the enemy has come in and gotten people's attention off of Christ. The, the main point is Jesus and him crucified. It's not the, for the social activities that we can get into and all these other things that come into the church. You have to preach Jesus. He's the most important thing. That is my lifeline this morning is Jesus Christ. Nothing else. The, the programs are all right. You can have the little programs and this and do this and do that. But I'm telling you, if you leave Jesus out, you're leaving everything out. Amen. You've turned your back on the wrong thing. You should be facing Jesus and saying, Lord, just like that song. There's something about the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, if you fall in love with Jesus, you can sing that right from your heart and say, there's something about the name of Jesus. I love my Lord and Savior this morning. There's something, just saying it, say his name this morning. Say Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't that sound good? Hallelujah. You know, and, and it's the Holy Spirit. This is a Pentecostal church. But we lift up Jesus. Jesus said when he comes, he will not speak of himself. But the things that he says, it's Jesus. So we, this is a Pentecostal church, but we preach Jesus here. Jesus and him crucified. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, and that's been down for 2,000 years, and all of a sudden the church world is saying, no, that's not enough. Now, how crazy is that? As dumb as I am, I can understand that the, it's Jesus and him crucified. That's what got me saved. That's what keeps me saved, and that's what's going to lead me on to being saved in heaven. It's the, what Jesus did at Calvary. Oh, and did I tell you he healed me two weeks ago on my back? Did I tell you that? <laughs> because of what he did on Calvary. See, by his stripes we are healed. The stripes come from him going to the cross. The blood. Don't ever get rid of the blood. There's something about the blood. And, uh, and said, and to the Greeks it's foolishness. You know, the world thinks... The, the Greeks there, that's the, the Gentiles. The, that's absurdity. You know, somebody dying on a cross and you get saved by somebody dying. That's absurd. No, it's not. That's God's plan. Do you know God does not have a plan B? Amen. It's, it's it. If you get by Calvary, then you don't have anything. There's only one plan, and that's it. He sent his son. And anything you add to that, you're telling God your son's blood wasn't enough. There's churches actually add to it. No, that's all right for you, but we think you ought to do this. We think you ought to stand on one leg and hop a little bit, then you'll be saved. No, it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what gets you saved, and that's what keeps you. And so to, to show you the, said the, the Jews seek after signs, the Bible is full of signs to point us to Jesus. You know, I heard a guy the other day is, uh, to turn by, and I was... He said the, the Old Testament, that uh, Christ is not in the Old Testament. My goodness, what book are you reading? He's full of Jesus. He's the living word. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all about Jesus. 
So I want you over in uh, Exodus 3 is when Moses has been out in the backside of the desert for 40 years and he sees the burning bush and he goes up and I'm going to just elaborate. This is Bobby's version of the Bible. Moses goes up and he sees the burning bush and you know the story. Uh, he, God tells him to take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And I've always said that you take them shoes off, God don't want no man-made thing in between him and his holiness. Moses took his shoes off. God told him, my name is the great I am. And God tells Moses all that he's going to do. I want to send you down to Egypt. You're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to ask him, let my people go. He tells him all those things, what he's got to do. And if you look in chapter 4 of Exodus, the first thing Moses says is, they will not believe me. You know, when I first got saved, I couldn't wait to get back to work because I was going to get everybody in that shop where I work, everybody's going to get saved because I was going to tell them the good news. Amen. Not one of them. Every one of them patted me on the head and said, get out of here. I thought, Lord, they don't believe me. That's been going on for 2,000 years. Or some people just won't believe. But we keep telling them about Jesus. Do we change the message? No. The message is the same. Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Moses, he said, Lord, they won't believe me. And so Moses said, I'm going to give you some signs so they will believe you. So he asked Moses, he said, what is that in your hand there? He said, it's a rod. He said, you cast it down. And when he cast it down, it turned into a snake, serpent. And what did Moses do? The Bible says he took off running. That shows you how smart Moses was. But God told him, now pick it up. Pick it up by the tail. Now anybody's been around snakes, you do not pick a snake up by the tail. Now when I was in the army years ago, where I was, I was stationed over in Nam, and a guy in our outfit had a pet snake, great big old python. Kept it in this big old cage, had chicken wire on it, and he'd feed it birds, and then he got up where he had to feed it rats, and this thing was big. So somebody got the bright idea one day that we was all going to get our pictures made holding a snake. <laughs> and they come looking for me. You're the only one that ain't had your picture made with a snake. I don't want my picture made with a snake. You kill it, and I might pick it up. But they got me out there, and they said, here, and you pick a, you hold it by its head. So I got a hold of that snake, and I had it, and I'm standing there. I still got the picture. I'm standing there, and I'm going, take the picture. Take the picture. And I was holding on to that snake so tight. I didn't want that. See, they're constrictors, but they still bite. They'll, they'll pull the hide off of you. And I was holding it, and they, now finally... He come and got his snake, and he got mad at me. He said, you've hurt my snake. For about, for about two days, that, that snake crawled around like this. <laughs> I had a hold of him, boy. He wasn't going anywhere. He ain't going to bite me. But God tells Moses to pick that snake up by the tail, and he did. Obedient, he did it, and he picked it up, and it turned back into the rod. And then he told him to put your hand in your bosom and when he pulled it out, it was leprosy. See, these are two signs. 
that snake there represented sin, the devil. And leprosy is sin. Anytime you read leprosy in the Bible, that represents sin. So the Satan, the serpent, he brings sin. And, and Moses said, what if they still won't believe me for those two signs? And God said, there's another sign I'm going to give you. He said, if they won't believe these two signs, when you get there, I want you to take some water out of the river, and when you pour it on the ground, it's going to be blood. See, the devil and sin has no stopping power on us because we're covered by the blood, church. It's in the blood. Christ crucified. I preach Christ crucified. That's his blood. And so if you look at that, that's, that's the three signs. And when they got down there into Egypt, uh, over in the, in the, see the rod become a serpent. That's the cause of sin. Sin, but then the blood is the cure for the sin. You know there's only one cure for sin? And that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Amen. I love that. See, you go to a restaurant and they give you a big old menu and there's too many choices on there. But you come to God, he says, I got one choice for you, my son Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes or no? Ain't that, ain't that pretty good, ain't it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with Jesus? Yes or no to Jesus? Well, let me, th I had a guy here one long time ago. I said, would you like to go up and give your life to Christ? He said, I'm not ready to make a decision. I said, brother, you just did. You said no. That's a decision. So if you look at that, when he said they won't believe me, and all this stuff that's going on, if you look at that, you go under the surface of God's word, you see that, that rod that turned into the serpent? That's a picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, he came, he was made sin. He, didn't, he knew no sin, but he was made sin that we might be made the righteousness in God in him. So Jesus became sin for us. He, he, wasn't, he didn't become sin, he was made sin, a sacrifice for sin. That's what Jesus is. When he got on that cross, he became sin. He took my punishment. He took your punishment. Don't you love him for that? Amen. He stood in your place. Jesus. He said, when he told him in the 14th chapter of John, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Did you know that God prepared a place for you? When they built that building down at Asbury Tabernacle, and Brother Vaughn, back in 1947, started the church in there, they put an altar in that church. God said, I'm making a place for Bobby Stanley to come and get saved. Did he make a place for you? Amen. Where did you get saved? Wherever you accepted Jesus, that's where he made a place for you so that you could meet him on his terms. He said, we confess our sins. He's able and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He made a place for me. Has he made it? This is a place right up here. If you don't know him this morning, here's your place. Get in your places. With all your bright, shining faces, get in your place. But Jesus does that. He'll make a place for you. He'll make a way where there is no way. He does all that. Then if you look at it, in the seventh chapter, when they, when they finally got in to see the Pharaoh, if you read that, it wasn't Moses who 
put his rod down. It was Aaron. Aaron, the great high priest, a type of Jesus. When he threw his rod down, all the musicians in there, they, they said, we'll, we can do that. So they throw their rods down to become serpents. But you know what Aaron's rod did? I love this. King James Version. He swallowed them up. Well, now, why would they use that term, swallowed? I'm going to tell you. If you go over to 1 Corinthians 15, 54, it says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. That is what Jesus did for us. You know, death is the last enemy we have. And, and God, through Jesus Christ and Calvary, has already taken care of it. Hallelujah. We should, a Christian should never fear death because Jesus already conquered it. Now, we, we'll hold on to life. Uh, you, when you're ready to die, God will give you saving grace. You'll be ready. And because uh, we all want to hold on to them. Lord, I'm ready to go, but uh, maybe not, not right now. <laughs> but we're ready. Are you ready this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're not, you can get ready. And you can't go away to get ready. You know when it's time, you have to be ready. I remember when my mom like, lay dying in a hospital room and all my family was gathered in there and had one little niece, she said, uh, Uncle Bobby, won't you pray? I said, I am praying. She said, well, pray out loud so we can all hear you. I thought, well, let me go out in the hallway and let me get, let me get the situation up. You know. No, you've got to be ready. When that, somebody calls on you, you have to be ready. Amen. But that's Aaron, all, Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. That's, we're swallowed up in victory. That's their last enemy. And it says, O death, where is thy sting? Old grave, where's thy victory? Don't have it no more. You know why? Jesus conquered death. Jesus spoke to death. Hallelujah. Man, what a Savior. Man, he said, no man taketh my life. I lay it down freely. Oh, my goodness. How powerful is our Savior? There's not anything that can come against him. He's all powerful. He said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Hallelujah. That's my Savior. Is that your Savior this morning? Everybody's all a little wimpy. No, he's not wimpy. Man, he's a mighty warrior. Oh, my goodness. When he comes back, hallelujah. That's who our Savior is. And you know the sting of death is sin? There's a sting. to If you don't know Jesus Christ, there's a sting. You ever go to a funeral where people weren't sure that the person was saved? There's a sting of death in that place. You're not sure. They tried to, oh, well, they're in a better place now. Well, how do you know that? If they didn't know Jesus, they're not in a better place. Hallelujah. But there's a sting to death. Reminds me of a story. When I had been away from the Lord for uh, about nine years, and I found, he, he pulled me back in and showed me how much he loved me and accepted me back, and I got right with him, and I was so happy. It was all blue. Yeah. Ain't nothing like an old-time Christian. Hallelujah. Give me the old time. Give me that old path. I'm tired. I don't like this new stuff. I like that old path. The blood, the blood trail. Hallelujah. But my mom, I was living at home then, and they had a garden out there. And I come downstairs, 
And I looked out in the back, and my mom was out there picking beans. And, and uh, man, she could cook some green beans. Getting lunchtime here. Uh, <laughs> but I saw her out there, and she's cooking the beans. And I go over, and I'm going to get making me some coffee. And all of a sudden, that door busted in. Well, down home, it's busted. It ain't burst. She busted in the door, and she had her hand like that. And she said, I need help. And there was a great big old stinger hanging out of her finger with that membrane hanging off of it. Where she was picking them beans, she grabbed a hold of a big old bumblebee or something, and that thing got in there. And she said, I need help. So I grabbed a paper towel, and I jerked that thing out of her, and she went over and stuck it down in some baking powder so it was swelling. And I, and I was a good son. I saved my mother. <laughs> But you know what? After that, the Lord started showing me. That's what I did. One day I went to the door, and I cried out to Jesus, Lord, I need help. There was a sting of death in me, and Jesus took that out of me. At Calvary is where he did that. The sting of death is gone, church, all because of what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah. I feel good this morning knowing that I'm safe and secure in my Savior this morning. I'm telling you, there ain't, this old world can't do nothing. And, and that, that sting of death, if you go over in, in the 21st chapter of uh, Numbers, there's a story over there. You all know this story about how the, it says in the verse 4, the soul of the people was much discouraged. And it's because of the way. Are you discouraged because of the way this morning? Are, are you been so long a, a Christian that it's getting weary on you? I'm telling you, if, if you're getting weary in serving Jesus, there's something wrong with you. You need to find that place again. Because there's a joy in serving Jesus. Hallelujah. The worst time I ever had with Jesus beats out the best time I ever had for living for Satan. I'm telling you, there's something about living for Christ. But this story here, and he says... And they began to complain. Now these people are out there and God is taking care of If you read the full story, did you know there was a cloud uh, by day that saved them? They didn't get sunburned. They had shade during the day, all those infrared rays and all that. They had a cloud. And at night, that turned to fire and kept them warm. They had manna. They had water from the rock. They had all these things. God's provision. And what do they say? They said, uh, we're weary in the way because we have no bread. That was a lie. They got manna. They said, we have no water. That was a lie. They had plenty of water. That rock followed them. Paul said that rock that followed them was Christ. And then they said, our soul loathed this light bread. They had a contempt for God's provision. You know, when I, being from Kentucky, we used to like light bread. That's what we called it. When I first got saved and I was reading, I thought, what, what was wrong with that light bread? That's pretty good. Get you a couple slices and put it back in the bag. Wrong. They was, that was being contempt. They despised God's blessing. You know what God did to them when they despised his provisions? He sent fiery serpents. 
and they started biting them. And many of God's people died because of their unbelief, because of their rebellion. They didn't like what God was doing. They didn't like his way. They wanted their own way. So what they did, they said, we have sinned. They went to Moses and said, we sinned against God and we sinned against you. Please help us. And, and the Bible tells us, if you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. So when they said, we have sinned, God told Moses, he said, I want you to make a serpent. Make it out of brass and put it up on a pole. And everyone that looks on that will be saved. Now, ain't that a sin? Ain't that, that's crazy, ain't it? Ain't that foolishness? Make a snake and put it on a pole. And if you look at it, you're going to be saved. Well, I'm sorry, that was God's. Remember I told you, you don't have plan B. That was his answer to Moses. Did you know that those that looked upon that were saved? Hallelujah. I want you to look at me. Look at me, church. I want everybody to look up here. Now, was that hard for you to do? <laughs> you know why? That's what God said. Look, Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. That's Old Testament for whosoever will. That's how it works. Look unto me. Jesus is the Savior. I don't want you looking at the church. Don't look at Pastor Tim. Don't look at any of the trustees in here. Don't look at... But look to Jesus. See, when I say look to me, I don't mean this little bald-headed preacher up here. I'm talking about the things that I'm saying to you. It's Jesus Christ. you got to look unto Jesus. That is the author and the finisher of our faith. You have to look to Jesus. There's no other. If you don't look to Jesus, you're lost and you're, doing, you're going to hell. As it's plain as I can tell you, church, you need to get your eyes on Jesus and keep them there. That's how we get, you know, that's how you get in trouble. You take your eyes off of Jesus. You're, you're following Jesus and you think, oh, what is that over there? And then there you take off. You got to follow him. That's what he told us to do, ain't it, in his work? Follow me. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. If you've got your eyes on Jesus and following him, you will not go astray. That's a guaranteed fact. If you're following Jesus, because he don't do anything wrong, he always does what's right. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the answer right here. It's get your eyes on him and follow him. Now I'm telling you, I'm speaking from experience, it's the best life you'll ever live. Hallelujah. Because I've been rebellious, I've done a lot of bad things, wrong things, but you know what? When I'm following Jesus, he's the best thing that ever happened. Ain't that right, Ronnie? Amen. Hallelujah. Look at this brother. I love this brother. I love you. God's going to heal him. It's in a process. Amen. It's a process. There's somebody might have the key in here this morning. I want you to start believing. Amen? Amen. That's all God wants. Look to Jesus. See, I see Ronnie sitting there. I, I don't see a man that is sick. I see a promise of God sitting there. 
Because I don't look at the problem, I look at the promise. Whatsoever things you ask in my name, you will receive them. That's Jesus Christ. We need to look to Jesus. Don't look to the doctors. I mean, we got enough sense to go to a doctor, but do you have enough sense to believe that Jesus, his words are true, and you can live and be in him? Amen. That's, that's about as simple as I can make it. But when it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus is the real life Savior this morning. He's not a piece of copper. He, he's not a rod. These are examples of signs. Uh, Bible, the Bible calls them shadows. In the Old Testament, they're shadows of things to come in the New Testament. So we need to get your eyes on Jesus. See, those are shadows, but Jesus is the real substance. Amen? Amen. Jesus is real. Hallelujah. He is so real. I'm telling the people, how could you believe that? Well, I do. You know, you know why I serve God? You know why I serve Jesus this morning? I'm going to tell you. I serve Jesus because I want to. How about you? <laughs> Man, there's three people in here who want to serve Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, we got three. That's the three you was talking about. <laughs> but when the, uh, the King Hezekiah, when he found that serpent, when he took over being king, he's cleaning them out. He called it uh, Neheshtan, means a piece of copper. That's all it was. Uh, because the people burned incense to it. You know, right now there's, there's people bringing stuff into the churches that ain't got no business being in there. They are, I'm telling you. They're, they're bringing icons in, those little, like the Greek Orthodox. They got these little pictures that they worship and they, they hold so holy. That's coming into a Protestant churches. And right now, there's a movement to bring the Protestants and the Catholics together as one. You cannot compromise. The, the worst thing you could ever do is start compromising with your salvation. You'll lose it because it's pure. Our salvation is pure in Jesus Christ. There's none else. That's what that, in Isaiah 45:22 it says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there's none else. This is it. This is the only game in town, church. Ain't you glad you got the right one? Hallelujah. Don't have to worry, think about it. No, I got it. I know I'm saved. Where I used to work, I used to go around and try to witness the people and had a Jehovah's Witness. He'd follow, follow around in the back of me and saying, Bobby ain't saved. He just thinks he is. The Bible says those that endure to the end shall be saved. I said, that ain't talking. That's, that's talking about the great tribulation, the Jews. I said, I'm talking about those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called on Jesus. I'm saved. Amen. And this spirit is a down payment in my soul I know. Where is the promise of his coming? It's right in here. He put a down payment in me. It's called the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit this morning? Hallelujah! Man, act like it sometime. People pray, oh, they might think I got the Holy Ghost. Well, we do. We think you got it. Now we want proof. You don't have to do anything. Just worship Jesus. That's what he's there for, to help you. 
He'll help you, I'm telling you. I remember years ago, when we first moved out here and finally got our pews, some things are getting raggedy, but we got our pews, and I'm sitting back where Mike sits, and uh, one night I said, you know, tonight, Lord, I've, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout. Do you ever, ever want to shout? There ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that's, that's Bible. I want to shout. So I said, Lord, tonight's the night. That's when the spirit hits me just right, I'm going to shout. And they were singing some song, and boy, and they got so good. Now nah, that, ain't, that ain't the one. I'm going to wait for another one. So a couple songs later, I said, maybe this one. And now nah, that ain't that either. And I kept, now, now, I worried me because I wanted to shout. I like to shout. And uh, so uh, I think it was the next week, same place, same station, you know, I'm back there. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, why don't you just do it? And I did. I let out a shout. And it felt so good. It was like a release in me. That's the spirit of God. I acknowledge that he's in me. You know, God is too big living inside of you for you not to acknowledge him. Amen. It is. Look how big our, look how big God is. And he comes and he makes our abode. Jesus said, me and the Father will make our abode in you. Oh, okay, that, that's good. No, man, there's something, there's a life in you. The Holy Spirit brings life. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. You ought to let him, acknowledge him every now and then. I ain't preaching at you. Well, maybe I am, but... but you, uh, do you agree with me that every now and then we should acknowledge him? And I'm, I'm, especially in here, you're, you're among friends in here. Try that out in the, out in the world. That's when, you get, that's when you get reaction. I was in a little Clark gas station one time. I, I let them know who I was. They didn't like it. One of them, one of them fundamentalists in there. <laughs> you know, they're mental, all right. Yeah. Well, I know Jesus. I'm not ashamed of my Savior. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, we've got to start speaking up. The, the world's caving in on us. They got, I just, Carl was telling me yesterday, uh, Procter & Gamble Company, They've come out, they're going to go with all the, the transgender stuff. They're going to support everything. Everything that's against God, they're going to support it. Man, what kind of world are we living in? It's happening right here. But it's, not going, it's not coming. It's already here. All these outfits. Got us, uh, Tim brought it out. The, the, Portman. He found out his, he, he was against gay marriage, against all that gay stuff. He found out his son was gay, then, oh, I'm going to change my mind. It's not God's word no more. It's, it's living in reality with the world. No, God's word is still the same as it was 2,000 years ago. God says, I am the Lord thy God. I do not change. Hallelujah. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with keeping to the old past and telling this world, no, Jesus is still the answer. He's still the Savior. He's still the one that died for you. We're not going to change our gospel because you don't like it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that felt pretty good. <laughs> but it's the truth. And look at this. This is my last one. I'm almost, you know, I've got time. I said, I said, 
I was going to tell you, I, I want to preach about 15 minutes, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going <laughs> to... Final answer. Her King Ahaz. Now this is, I'm talking about Hezekiah. This is Hezekiah's daddy. When he took over being king of Judah, he started his own religion. He said he did not did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord his God. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel. You know, all the, the if you Bible students, if somebody ever asked you, was they'll name a king and they'll say, was he a bad king or a good king? If you if you know he was from if he was from Judah, there's fifty fifty chance he could be either good or bad. But if he was from Israel, he was bad. All Israel never had a good king. So put that in your mental banks. Oh, okay. And that's what it says here. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He was bad. He made his son to pass through the fire. He sacrificed his son to an idol. That, that can't be right. He, according to the abominations of the heathen, uh, he burnt, they were burning incense. There's something about Satan's people, they like to burn that incense for some reason. I don't, I don't get it, but it's there. It's, it's like a pattern to him. He burned incense in high places. And the worst thing he did is when the, there was three kings were coming against him, instead of calling on the name of the Lord and asking the Lord to help him, he went to the king of Assyria and said, you got to help me. The other kings are coming against him. So that king of Assyria come down and he rescued him and saved him from those other three kings. Then he went up to Damascus. He was going to go up there and, and thank him personally for intervening on, on his behalf. So when he gets up there, he sees this pagan idol and there's this altar in there. And he's saying, you know, that looks so much better than the one we got in Jerusalem, the one that the Lord designed that brazen altar with the four horns on each corner, little simple apparatus representing the cross of Christ. He said, I don't like that one. I like yours. So he had a guy go up there and, and, and draw. They didn't have cameras back then, so they had to. He took it back, and they built that thing, and he put it in God's temple. Well, that wasn't good enough. He took God's altar out and put it over in a corner and they put that pagan idol, that, that altar, in God's holy temple. You think God didn't like that? See, that's what we're doing now. These I keep telling you about these churches. They're getting rid of the cross of Christ. They got something better. It don't, see, that, that's ugly. Oh, that, um, that speaks of death. That, oh, they, you shouldn't be looking at that. We got something more pretty than that. We, we got Starbucks in the lobby. They got stuff in the church that shouldn't be there, folks. That's my opinion. If you don't like it, see Tim when he gets back. <laughs> but that's what happens. So he's doing all that. And so then, uh, so Isaiah goes to the king. God's got an answer for him. Isaiah goes to him and says, God told me to tell you that he wants you to ask him for a sign. And you know what King Ahaz did? He said, uh, 
Well, Isaiah said, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask either the depth or the height above. Ask. What does the word tell us in the New Testament? You have not because you ask not. You know what King Ahaz said? He said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Now, here are all those things that he's been doing, sacrificing his kids, doing all that evil stuff, putting another altar in the God's temple, and he says, I won't tempt the Lord thy God. Guess what, pal? You've already done it. You've overflowed it already. I will not tempt. You ever hear the pious people, self-righteous? Oh, that's, I wouldn't do that. Get up and run in church? Oh, that's terrible. That's disrespectful to the Lord if you do that. No, it ain't. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you feel like shouting, go ahead and shout. Amen? Amen. We won't say nothing. We might talk about you when you're gone, but not while you're here. <laughs> not while you're here. We will not do that. Because we know that's wrong. Larry told me, don't, don't make fun of them. Wait till they leave. But so Isaiah, since Ahaz won't ask him, so this is the most beautiful, listen to this, the 14th, 714 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Hallelujah. They're talking about my Jesus right there in the Old Testament. Woo! Hallelujah. Did you see it? His, and see, they leave out that part about being interpretation. God with you. They knew it. See, a lot of times in the Bible, that they, they explain stuff that's for our benefit. The people living it, they already knew it. Oh, yeah. That's, what, that's like when, when it says the Lord himself, that's who's going to give you that. And uh, when Jesus was up there talking about that, uh, where did I I missed it. I can't read my own notes, folks. And, uh, but when Jesus, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, remember what he told him? He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. They knew. You go to anybody in Jerusalem at that time and ask them, what, what does it mean to be lifted up? Oh, that means crucifixion. They lift you up on a cross. That's what the mean. That's what the tells us. Jesus said, "If I be lifted up, well, now we lift him up and are witnessing, and in our praise, that's good. You can do that too. But when Jesus spoke those words, he was talking about, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to bleed. I'm going to die for you. Ain't, ain't he wonderful to do all that for us? Took my place." Heard a guy one time said, he, I said, he took my place. And they said, well, you didn't even have a place. That's the truth. I was a, I was a dog. But Jesus took my place and died for me in my stead. And uh, Matthew 12, if the musicians want to come, singers, I'm going to close out. Matthew 12, 38. They said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Here's all these miracles Jesus is doing. He feeds 5,000. He fed 4,000. He gave sight to the blind. 
He brought people back from the dead. He did all those wonderful, wonderful works. And they come up to him and said, Master, we would see a sign from you. And Jesus told him, there's no sign that's going to be given this generation. But the sign of the prophet Jonah. So Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights. Then he tells them, Nineveh will stand at judgment against this generation because when Jonah come preaching to them, they repented. Here's these people got the living Savior right in front of them and they did not follow through with his plan. But we have him today. Do you know Jesus today? Amen. I love this. When Jesus told him, he said, none of those signs shall be given but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Listen to Jesus' words here. Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Church, there's a greater than Jonah in this congregation right now. His Holy Spirit is walking these aisles right now. If you have a need this morning, you come to Jesus. Let him know that you can go to him and hold that hand out and say, Lord, I need help. I need you to help me. See, we think once we get saved, that's it. Well, I, don't, I got saved. I don't need any more help. You need it now more than ever. You need to give your heart to Jesus and keep it there. Get your eyes on him. There, I love that song out now, fix, fix My Eyes. You have to fix your eyes on Jesus and keep them there. That's your answer this day. So everybody will stand. I'm out of steam. You want to? That's weird. Yeah.